This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. This episode of The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by Bluehost. Great value if you need a place for your blog or website. They're cheap, lots of features, and very easy to set up. I use it myself. Go to sqpn.com bluehost for more information. And buy my book, Geek Priest, Confessions of a New Media Pioneer. You can buy it at the Amazon store. Click on the link on our website before you shop at Amazon, and your purchase will help support our show. And you are listening to The Secrets of Star Wars. Welcome back to another episode of The Secret of Star Wars, episode number 15. This is the show where we talk about anything that is related to the upcoming Star Wars movies, both the trilogy that is currently in production in London and Dubai, but also the spin-off movies. And joining me today, my regular co-host, Dom Bettinelli. Good morning, Dom. Hello, Father. May the Force be with you. And may the Force be with you, too. And joining us, a very special guest star, Riley Blanton from the uh, Star Wars Report, among other things, but also my fellow co-host on The Secrets of the Hobbit. Hi, Riley. Good morning, Father. Thanks for having me on. We are excited and honored to have you on the show because you had an experience that I think most, like 99% of the Star Wars fans that are listening to this are extremely jealous of. You have seen Mark Hamill recently. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like Luke Skywalker. He was right there. I, oh, I my was, gosh. And you uh, didn't have to travel to Tatooine for that, right? Exactly. Or, or Abu Dhabi in the case now, I guess. But no, it was, it was an amazing experience, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. That was um, at Disney, Disneyland, right, in Florida? Yes, it was. Disney Star or Wars Disney, Weekend. Disney World. Is, um, and, and they have these Star Wars Weekends, and Mark Hamill was there, as well as some other Star Wars person, personalities as far as, yeah, as I've that seen. weekend, they always have like different guests for different weekends. I know he was there that weekend, as well as some of the stars of the new Rebels show, as well as Billy Dee Williams. So it was a, it was a cavalcade of Star Wars stars, and, and the, I really enjoyed it. And the cool thing is, you know, Billy Dee Williams and all the, all the like, let's say, the, the other lesser-known characters or the people that are always in costumes, they are regular during weekends like that in conventions. However, Mark Hamill, he's a very rare commodity. He has not really joined the fan circuit that much. Um, and so, you know, being able to, to see him in person, oh gosh, it's this awesome. This is true, yeah. Anyway, we want to hear more about that later on in the show. We're also going to talk about the things that Mark Hamill has said d- d- during that Star Wars weekend, because he's, you know, he, he didn't spill the beans, but he did give us some very interesting food for thought. But, of course, we got to start with the breaking news. And, oh, my gosh, it is literally breaking news. I'm sure that most of our listeners have already seen it in the news. But um, Harrison Ford, a.k.a. Han-, Han Solo, has, well, apparently broken his ankle on the set of the Millennium... Of the... <laughs> <laughs> on the set of Star Wars, um, and, and and according to some rumors, it was due to an accident with the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Dom, what happened? Well, I don't have any of the details. You might have more than I do. Uh, I just I saw it quickly last night before going to bed. But uh, it, apparently, um, it he's he hurt his ankle. They took him to the hospital. They said the show will go on and they'll be filming other things. Um, and, uh, and Han Solo's going to limp through Episode 7, apparently. It is always scary to read something like that. I mean, uh, uh, especially, you know, hurting your ankle. And uh, I, I assume that this is not, he's not going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of the, of the trilogy, right? 
So, I, um, I thought, although I, all I remember was checking my, I, I checked my Twitter and I saw a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, Harrison Ford, and I saw, oh man, he's been injured. And within the matter of about an hour, I remember seeing like a couple of legitimate news sites, like BBC, saying, you know. Han Solo injures ankle, and, and then I'm like, okay, that's it's kind of worrying. I hope he does all right. And then within an hour, I see like this giant spread of the tabloid, the mirror. <laughs> it's like Harrison Ford crashed on episode seven. Yes, set. Like, of course. It's a matter of time before it uh, went down. But I, I did. They did release a state. Uh, Disney did release a statement saying that they were going to continue filming, and that um, that uh, Harrison Ford is alive and in perfect hibernation. So. The Hollywood Reporter was one of the first news uh, outlets to uh, to break this news, and according to one of their sources, um, uh, the actor who reprises his role as his role as Han Solo from the original franchise was injured by the door of the Millennium Falcon, the spacecraft that his character pilots in the original films. The spaceship looks to be making a return in the sequel. <laughs> so apparently, you know, the the statement, the press statement was very, um, let's say moderate and they were just well filming will continue according to schedule while uh harrison ford recuperates or you know receives treatment however if, if it's a broken ankle you know that's that's not something that heals in a in a week that, that can take you months before you know you're up and running again literally so i'm i'm curious to to, to know what what will happen and do we can we learn anything from the fact that that that, that shooting will continue does this mean that um uh, Harrison Ford will not have se- sequences or scenes together with uh, uh, with Mark Hamill and and Carrie Fisher, or are they just gonna, I don't know, blend him in later on using green screen? Father, well, I think that uh, the they, the professional uh, film crews they kind of plan for this sort. They they not that they plan for it, but they are aware of these sorts of things happen. So they film around them. They'll film other scenes that that don't include. Um, uh, Harrison Ford. Um, if they do include him, it, 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 where it's an ankle break, actually, that that actually might be better than like a leg break. They can they can put a boot on him. They can sit him down. You know, film scenes where he's sitting, where he's stationary, doesn't have to walk around. You know, they can film him sitting at the controls of the Millennium Falcon, that sort of thing. So uh, they'll, I think they'll just film around him as much as they can and 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 adapt their blocking for the scenes and that sort of stuff. Um, for for the injury. Well, and, and Riley, you and I have been doing The Secrets of, of the Hobbit for quite a while, and we know that Peter Jackson has, even when he was filming uh, Lord of the Rings, he, 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 he was doing the same thing. Sometimes they had to bring back actors and filmed like a, a dialogue. Sometimes in these movies you see a dialogue, and one part of the dialogue has been filmed in one year, and sometimes it's like two years later that they film they filmed the other half. So... You know, it's the magic of, of movie making, of course. Well, I think a good comparison, especially here, is the, um, Robert Downey Jr. on the set of Iron Man 3 injured his oh, ankle. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and that delayed shooting by about a month. Um, but they still did work on the primary special effects, and they were still able to hit their uh, release date. And I think the good thing here is that um, originally, you know, it was scheduled, Star Wars Episode 7 was going to be coming out this coming May, so mm-hmm. like a year from now a little bit less than a year from now. So I think this is one of those times where they can be very grateful that they pushed that release date back to December because it gives oh, them yeah. a little bit more wiggle room. Gives them some leeway for, for pickup shoots if necessary. And, and, and even in worst-case scenario, and he will have, uh, it will take him a, a quite a bit of time to, to walk again, then they can always use you know, digital wizardry to use another actor and just put his <laughs> Harrison Ford's head on it, or I don't know. I mean, there, there are many ways to work around this, but it must be frustrating. This is the kind of stuff that you, 
you never hope that will happen uh, in, in such an important shoot. This is not just a movie. This is Star Wars. The world is is watching this. And on the other hand, it, it's a nice distraction from, let's say, the leaks from the, the previous weeks with the a ton of photos that leaked on TMZ. Um, and the quite humorous uh, reaction of J.J. Abrams. Did you see that on, on Twitter? I saw that. By the way, you can, you can really tell the Star Wars nerds uh, between the non-Star Wars nerds when you look at all the various fan sites that would post it. Like Some would be J.J. Abrams outraged at leaks. Yes. <laughs> they just didn't get the reference, right? But if, you, of course, all the Star Wars fans immediately recognize that the background of the note, the what the very table it was sitting on, was the Jajaric table, the chess table. Yes. From New Hope. So, I, in fact, like there's that split second where I looked at it, I was like, huh, that's an interesting note to read because I was busy reading the note. I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> What's that in the background? <laughs> I mean, that's a very good way because it, it basically, it humorously makes your, your point where I, I don't think it's not like he was just making a joke. I think he was saying, you know, it may, maybe it's, it's they're not happy that all these set photos leaked, but at the same time, I think they understand that this is a world where you're going to have set leaks. There are going to be more photos from the set of Pinewood. There are going to be more photos, period. So it's it's not really something you can work your way around. Well, and we have considered the possibility that even the the leaked photos were are, are part of that overall you know PR yeah, no, plan that was that was a that's a pretty common thought I, from from folks I've talked to um, I'll just put it this way I'm pretty sure folks weren't happy within Lucasfilm and I don't really think that's that's Abrams style hmm. um, mm -mm -mm. and I remember like this he dealt with this with Star Trek as well they there were there were some leaked photos both for into darkness and the original that that they that he was not happy about but I mean I do think uh, Abrams and company really do legitimately want to preserve the surprises as much as they can. Yes. There was another photo, by the way, um, that was published just, I think, yesterday or the day before yesterday. It's an, uh, a photo on the set in Pinewood, and it features R2-D2, J.J. Abrams, and Kathleen Kennedy, I think, perhaps someone else as well. Um, and in the background, you see exactly the same um, set of the Millennium Falcon being, ma yes. being made. So they kind of give it away themselves. They've, they've now confirmed it twice. <laughs> and apparently that photo was made around the same time as the TMZ spy photos, which is uh, probably quite a while ago, because you, you can imagine that if they're filming those scenes right now, that that Millennium Falcon will be, will be just standing there in all its glory. <laughs> and I so wish I could just sneak around the corner and take a look at that. How cool would that be? But um, I, I, I kind of like the laid-back, humorous approach to this, and let's just not over-dramatize this. This is bound to happen, and uh, I, I don't think that these photos, even though we spent an hour and 40 minutes, and I do want to apologize to all our listeners who had to struggle their way through our, our, last, our last episode, where we spent one hour and 40 minutes talking about these spy <laughs> photos. It's like, do you see that little nook and cranny in the corner? What could that mean for the plot? It, it was a little bit over the top, perhaps. But even though we managed to talk so much about those photos, they didn't really give much away when it comes to the plot. I mean, yeah, it's going to be on Tatooine, and there's going to be the Millennium Falcon, and there's going to be some kind of an X-Wing-like fighter. Not exactly an X-Wing fighter, but it's that that's about all we learn. So I don't think that's a big problem. It's not like we suddenly you know, learn that, 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 what was the theory, that... that um, Darth Vader was the son of the neighbor of, of Mark Sido's Sith Lord, who was the grandson of Yoda. <laughs> I mean, it was it was all kind of uh, 
I think, innocent what, what happened, and perhaps even very good for the movie. But I, I guess that this news for, for Harrison Ford, at least for the, for, for the newspapers and for uh, the, the tabloids, this, this is actually great stuff because they, they have another angle to talk about Star Wars. And, and, and it's, it's yeah. even broader than that because even non-Star Wars fans, just people that are interested in movies and in the, the glamour and you know, the world around the, the movie artists. Well, and I'm not going to laugh, Father, because like, if you think about it from a cultural perspective, um, the fact that TMZ... Uh, is getting involved with Star Wars rumors. You know, the people who usually their forte is finding pictures of Kim Kardashian. Yes. <laughs> for, 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 for Americans, like, basically for any fan sites, we're just doomed. I mean, it's over. If TMZ's gotten involved, <laughs> the money and power behind them trying to get Star Wars set photos, it tells you two things. One, it's going to be impossible to compete with that level of, of, of money behind. Like, they are professional at spy photos. That is their whole, you know, MO. Mm-hmm. And the, the second thing we also learn is that that's just how much popular culture in America is starving for this movie. Yes. So it's, it's kind of good and bad. I know a lot, a lot of uh, fan site guys that I know, a lot of bloggers and podcasters and Star Wars in the Star Wars community, were kind of, we felt kind of dirty uh, looking at the photos from the teams <laughs> because, I mean, we all know that they're illicitly, um, almost certainly illicitly, uh, you know, gotten. But... We can't help ourselves. Oh gosh, it, it happened in, in for the prequels as well, and, and I mean it's just part of of the buzz around a movie. And as as long as it doesn't really leak, you know, important plot details, I think it's ultimately just going to benefit the movie and the hype around it. Let, let's talk about spoilers. I, I want to play a little uh, sound clip here of a very long uh, interview with none other than Mark Hamill. This took place during that famous Star Wars weekend that you attended, Riley. And uh, it's, a, it's a conversation with James Arnold Taylor. And, and, and uh, Mark Hamill actually says something about spoilers and about what he hopes people will experience when, you know, in 2015, around Christmas time, um, the lights will go out and they will hear this beautiful fanfare at the beginning of Star Wars 7. Let's listen in. Here's the thing about my opinion, Mark, is when I saw Star Wars the first time, it was magical. It was magical for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is I didn't know everything about it. I read it, and I just was taken up in the magic of all of it. And that's what I am looking forward to about Episode 7, is just having that time where I'm trying to shut away. So I, I want to talk to you about your career. I want to talk to you about Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. I want to talk to you about how it all began. So uh, if you don't mind, we're going we're gonna to skip over all that because I want to be excited. I know some of you want to be surprised when you see this movie as well, right? Before we leave that subject matter uh-huh. uh, of secrets, it's not a game. You know, it's not like we're trying to annoy the fans or, or drum up uh, interest. You know, it's like trying to plan a really big, elaborate surprise party. And you're, you're trying to decide what food you're going to get and who's going to decorate it and, yep. you know, where you're going to have it and so forth. And it's, you know, it's mostly so we can maximize your eventual enjoyment of the picture. And we want you to see it at the movies, not on the internet. Yep. And so it's very nice. 
So Mark, Mark Hamill gets a big applause from the audience when he says, you know, I, I just want people to be excited. I want, to, want them to be surprised. So if people start spoiling uh, aspects of the story of episode seven, just put fingers in your ears and just go la la la. la. Uh, Dom, we, we are doing this podcast very much about spoilers and about the story and trying to piece together the plot line. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, to be honest, I love doing this podcast, but it's one of the things that, 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 that's difficult for me in doing the podcast, knowing that I'm going to spoil some of the, the movie for me. I'm, I'm one of those people who I hate to read the back of a book because they tell you too much. I, I like to experience stuff as the, as the creator reveals, you know, as they created it uh, in the way that they reveal it. On the other hand, it's Star Wars. I mean... It, uh, I've been, you know, maybe maybe I'll take a step back from the podcast for the next couple of movies. But this is I've been waiting 30 years for this. Uh, I'm I'm so excited. I just I want to know how they're doing it, what they're doing. Uh, I, I'm so excited that I can't I can't not want to know. Uh, so there's this tension within me about wanting to know, but not really wanting to know. Um, and and uh, I mean, I get what what Mark Hamill saying is, is that, you know, we, he th- that uh, spoilers can I mean, that that's what it is. They're, they spoil uh, it for some people, and so I want to respect those who are who who don't want to know and don't want to hear anything and want to walk into that theater that first night at midnight somewhere, and you know the the lights go down and then John Williams fanfare comes up and then and that be it and that start it all. I, I want to respect those people because in, in in maybe another time and place that would be me too. But uh, but there are those of us who they just we just love Star Wars so much that we want to be part of the creation of this new thing. So I'm excited. And, and but I, I, I get what he's saying. And, and, and in, in many ways, I agree. Riley, you were in the audience during this uh, conversation with Mark Hamill. Um, just give me a bit of the context. And, and uh, how, how was this received? And what's your own take in this? Well, it was interesting because there were very few parts because he did a he did that conversation with Mark Hamill. Uh, it was a half hour show that they did throughout Star Wars Weekends. I was there Saturday, so I saw the Saturday show. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the, there were a few times that where they would cover the same territory, but usually it was pretty uh, pretty off the cuff. But that was one of the things that he mentioned in all three shows from people I talked to, just because that was, I think, an important kind of talking point that he wanted to get across because, again, this is probably two or three days after the Pinewood photos had leaked. Oh, okay. Uh, it, yeah. Like it was, it was, I'm sure it was top mm-hmm. of mind, and 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 it was one of those things where uh, there was a lot of support from the audience, and I think uh, you guys are talking about it, but as as a fan, one of the biggest things I come, you know, one of the biggest topics that comes up when I talk to other Star Wars fans, especially other bloggers and podcasters, when we actually we're in the creative side of this, where we're actually following it really closely, is like. How far do you go? How much will you spoil, spoil it? Like, and I know people who I, th- I guess it's it's, it's got to be a personal decision. Where and and you do have the power, I think, more so than some people would say, to choose to mm-hmm. get something or read something that you might not otherwise. So like for me, I know like set set spy photos or seeing costumes or seeing who the characters are and who they play or seeing the trailers or TV spots. Those are all things that I think will legitimately be part of the excitement building up to the film without necessarily spoiling it. Whereas for me, if I'm not going, if say if the script leaks, I'm not going to read it. Yeah. But then I do know like fans who will read and consume anything. 
You know, it's, I'm, it's got, I'm, I'm kind of I, one of those people. <laughs> when, when episode one was in the making, the prequel, I was following this uh, because I had a website that was entirely dedicated to trying to puzzle together the plot. It was called the Virtual Edition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a lot of, like, general knowledge, things you would pick up on the, on the Internet. But I also had some inside sources that would, you know, send me things. And I was constantly in that, uh, you know, with that dilemma, w- am I going to publish that or not we actually had with the force.net we had a conversation with lucasfilm about this and they were concerned that they would spo- that 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 it would hurt their movie it would hurt the fans if we would spoil too much and so we 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 had an agreement with lucasfilm at the time that we would um uh, only publish something i think when it was already published elsewhere but I, I kid you not, at like three or four weeks before I left for the United States for the first Star Wars celebration, and then I would stay over for it and, and, and go to Dallas for the premiere, someone, and I still don't know who, who it was, sent me the entire script of The Phantom Menace, photocopied. Like, the, I still have it. And I, uh, I read it. And yet, so I, I did not publish it. It was too late anyway, and, and the, you know everything was well underway, so I did not have time to to blog about it. Um, but I, I I didn't dare. I was just afraid that you know some black van would stop at my my front door and I would get abducted and would never be heard of again. Um, but I, I remember the shock, you know, having that in my hands and reading through it. But I. When I saw the movie in theaters, it was such a completely different experience, and it still managed to surprise me so much. And it's, I mean, yeah, I I kind of knew what what, what the story would be. Actually, there were even some changes that I noticed in the movie compared to the script that I I was sent. So it's probably a script that was you know finalized before post production, and they decided to you know cut out some stuff, add some some more scenes um, but the visual aspect of it aspect of it the sound the music the acting it's something you cannot read from paper you, you cannot glance at from from spy photos so even with you know that that, that huge amount of spoilers um, that I had at my at my um, uh, that, I, that I knew of um, still the movie was was a was a treat um, and I was uh, almost entirely spoiler free for two and three especially for three I didn't follow the news that closely it was also a bit you know due to the disappointment about the first two prequels um, so I went in I, I, I think I saw it here in, in I was already back in the Netherlands for that um, and my uh, I still remember seeing it I was not spoiled I did not really know what would happen except for that you know Anakin Skywalker would probably turn, in, turn into Darth Vader um, and when I look back at that movie, I'm thinking, you know what? I missed all the fun leading up to the movie. And the movie, the first time I saw it, I thought it was great. It was cool. It was surprising. And then I watched it again. And I was like, eh, I don't know. The acting is it's not very good. And then the third and fourth time, I really did not like that movie at all. And, and so I, I, even though I was spoiler free, the actual experience of of episode three was not on par with all the fun i had you know in the four years leading up to the phantom madness so that kind of that's for me a reason to do this show and to still yeah. you know i'm i'm pretty confident that jj abrams and and disney um are capable enough to um to to make sure that you know important things won't leak and uh, that i will still be very surprised oh yeah no and i i, I can definitely sympathize with that well 
And I will have to, I guess the conversation isn't for here, but one of these days I'll I'll have to get you on uh, Star Wars Report, Father, and we'll talk about Episode 3. It was actually until, uh, really until the last year or two, Episode 3 was my favorite Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. And it's it's still probably my second favorite just because I was that right age and I had really bought, I was the age where I had really bought into all of the prequel characters and, um, you know, the hero Anakin Skywalker. So seeing his fall, like that tragedy to me was really well done, although there were there were some definite weaknesses to the film, but that's not for here. We'll do that some other sure. time. Sure. Well, I'd, I'd love to be on your show because it's a great podcast. I listen to it all the time. Oh. Hey, let, let's talk about Mark Hamill, his appearance, because, of course, this was his, you know, one of his first public appearances. We, I, I had seen one photo where he is uh, holding a lightsaber, a blue plastic lightsaber, and next to him is Mickey Mouse in, in Jedi robes, also Mickey. swinging a, live, uh, a lightsaber. And that was when the world realized that, wait a minute, what's that under his chin? He's sporting a beard. <laughs> now, did, yep. he, did he make any, uh, in, in the session that you attended, did he make any comments on that? It's funny because it's all, that day is a blur, because we went to like four stage shows, like one with Ray Park and then uh, one with the Star Wars Rebels people. So I was trying to, like, it was all kind of a blur. So I was logging back into my Twitter account to see how much I live tweeted, and I, didn't, I realized I didn't live tweet quite as much as I thought I did because uh-huh. I kind of got memorized. I'm like, Mark Hamill's feet in front of me. I need to stop, yeah. put away the phone. But I did, like, I did chronicle some of it on, on Twitter, and that was one of the first things that I did upstage and kind of talk about the budget. Hold on, uh, Riley. Exactly. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. I'm going to reconnect with you uh, here in a second. Oh, okay. Let me uh, right. let me do that. Sometimes you have these uh, little Skype uh, problems here, uh, but Dom, you are sporting a beard yourself. Um, and Mark Hamill is a is a novice when it comes to beards. <laughs> check check one two. You're you're back. I'm asking Dom, who is actually uh, has had a beard for for many years. Uh, yes. What was your reaction when you saw Mark Hamill with a beard? Is he is he a, a natural? It it actually it looks really good on him. Uh, I, I would say the beard it, it lends gravitas. Um, it also hides uh, some uh, imperfections, <laughs> as uh, that's why I'm hiding behind my beard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it, I think it lends. Um, it 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 reminds me a lot of, and and I know this is the obvious comparison. It reminds me a lot of Obi Wan Kenobi's beard in uh, Episode Four, um, yeah. and I think that's probably part of the reason. It it he's no longer the he's not the uh, the farm boy from episode four. He's not even the new Jedi from episode six. He is something new. He is, he is a you know uh, Luke Skywalker thirty years on, and and with all the all that experience, he's probably gone very deep into the into the Force. You know, we've speculated about you know is he now training other Jedi or what what what's he doing? So the, this the in movies a beard is symbolic in, in many ways, especially on a well-known character that we've known in the past. And so, you know, that Luke Skywalker has, I mean, we, we don't want to spend too much time on it because it's, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. But the fact that he has this beard, it, it lends a gravitas to the character, uh, age, it immediately sends this signal to us of experience and, uh, and of course, I, I would agree manliness. So, but uh, that's that's just me. But well, my, and sto- yeah. story-wise, it it does create a parallel with uh, with Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, both in his you know younger years in, in in Episode two and three, but also in Episode four. Um, 
where and and we've we've talked about this in the past uh, that it's it's very well possible that we will see Luke Skywalker in a in a mentor role where he is passing on. This was the original intent of of uh, uh, George Lucas when he was drafting the story for the sequels was that it would be basically the transition from the generation that we knew to the new generation of Jedi and and Mark Hamill, uh, Luke Skywalker would be one of the pivotal. You know, teachers to to pass this on, and in the expanded universe, that that's been his role. Um, and I think for a movie-going audience that might not be familiar with the expanded audience, portraying him with a beard in a situ in a similar situation, um, and in a similar role as uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, um, will just you know, it's, we'll spare them a lot of exposition. It, it's it's going to be immediately yeah. clear. Oh, he's got a beard, so he's got to be a Jedi Master. Exactly, and and there's so many possibilities that we don't know. It's it kind of funny because when he walked on stage, that was one of the first things that he was asked uh, by the moderator, James Arnold Taylor. And he's like, so I uh, like the beard. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got to grow it for some uh, low-budget independent movie I'm doing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he was a bit embarrassed by it because he was like, you know, I, I haven't shaven since that table read, the famous one that we saw in the photo. Um, and and I only get this after what was it thirty days? It's 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 embarrassing. <laughs> so it's not I, a it's not I a big thought beard. It was a solid beard. He was he was being too hard on his beard, is what I say. Well, and then of course I think you know when you see him there on the stage, uh, it's just Mark Hamill in very casual clothes. I mean he's he's wearing sneakers. He's there to basically for fun. He's not in makeup. You know, his hair has not been done, uh, at least not that I can see. So he might still look very different once he's been, uh, you know, well, colored. And just, like, and to offer a, oh, yeah, and just to like, offer a little insight, I remember seeing him do his, his show at Star Wars Celebration um, two years ago, almost two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, at Celebration 6. And he is... Um, I know he's been getting in a lot of shape and people are, a lot of people ask, well, man, he's a little bit older now, but... Comparing him for, to two years ago, mm-hmm. Mark Hamill, he is look, he's way more. It's not just not just physically, but he's way more energetic, vibrant. Oh, he's, cool. I mean, he's got a skip in his step, so to speak. Oh, really? And I, it was exciting to see that. That's great because that's hard to judge from just this YouTube video, and and it's it's just you know filmed from far away, so you can't really tell. I, you know, I mean, he's not like he, he didn't bulk up or anything, but uh, he he does look you know just a lot younger actually than than um, Sir Alec Guinness looked when he had the same age in 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 when, well, when they were filming. That, and they mentioned before. it on stage, but he's exactly. The the same age now that Alec Guinness was when he yeah. was filming, but he so looks that. he looks a lot younger. That's that's for sure. Now we don't know much about um, uh, his his co-host and and their looks. I mean, we know that Harrison Ford in various movies has had a beard. Um, I I still think you know, that would shock me a bit too much if all of a sudden Han Solo had a beard. <laughs> um, I don't think you like. There was a spy photo of him of, of Harrison Ford and J.J. Abrams that mm-hmm. came out yesterday or the day before, and it was just. Them walking down London, uh, the, the streets of London. Oh, it's before the ankle incident. Yeah, it was, it was a photo from yesterday before he uh, hurt his ankle. Oh, really? So he put him in a store and, uh, and no beard. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but again, like, like Mark Hamill, looking really fit. Like, like he's, he's really in shape. So uh, I think these guys really went all out to get in shape for this role. Excellent. And what about his hair? Because sometimes he's got this very, you know, short hair or, you know, does he look anything like um, the, the Han Solo that we know from the, from the movies, from the, the existing movies? Oh, I'm looking at the photo actually right now. Yeah. 
You can see it's pretty spot on. I'll tell you what, of all of, of, all the folks, I, I'm actually, I think, most excited to see Harrison Ford. He, I think he's best in the position to really re-embody his character. It's cool because he's, he's actually, he's got a little bit more hair than he usually has. So, yeah, it's wearing glasses, the same, same type of glasses as J.J. Abrams is uh, carrying, but he, he does look very much, you know, very fit. And I, I can totally see him, you know, even with a bit of, you know, ec- extra color in his hair, he might look still very, very much like, uh, like Han Solo, the, the Han Solo that we know. Yeah. Exciting. I think mo- the most of the three, of the big three, I think he's, like I said, I think Harrison Ford, not just because he's been a professional actor pretty co- consistently, um, but also just because I kind of get the sense that he, he's at a stage in his career where he doesn't have to come on board. And the fact that he did... I think says a lot. Whereas I think it was much more likely that, you know, Mark Hamill or Carrie Fisher come on board. The fact that they got Harrison, I think, is a very good sign. Now I also saw a photo of uh, uh, Carrie Fisher uh, on on Twitter, and it had um, a caption like, "Is is Princess Leia going to be blonde in this movie?" And I couldn't I couldn't really tell what that. It was a photo where she's posing with another guy. And in the background, there seems to be like a Christmas tree. So I was like, is this a recent photo? Have you guys seen it? Or is this just probably I just that? And yes, it is a recent photo. It was um, who posted it? The guy posted it on Twitter. I'm looking for a, for a copy of the photo now. I don't see it. Yeah, I'm looking for it too. I saw it the other day. And She's even have, she has these buns as well, fake buns. <laughs> but it was it's just made for fun. But I was a bit surprised. Like, whoa. Yeah, blonde hair. hair. That doesn't make sense. Uh, Carrie Fisher's a <laughs> I saw a headline, I forget who it was, I think it was Huffington Post or someone who said, the most entertaining part about the lead-up to this Star Wars movie is going to be Carrie Fisher's press tour. Yes. <laughs> and it's got, it might be a publicity nightmare for, for Disney as well, because she's, you know, not, usually not holding back. I say, where's I'm going to reconnect with you again, Riley, because uh, we've got some okay. interstellar... Uh, um, dust on the line here as some <laughs> let me see sometimes it's uh, it it just happens in the meantime let's talk about some other uh, uh more recent news um are you back riley i am i'll tell you what if i if i jump out again i'll jump to another connection it won't be quite as good but i can jump to uh skype through my samsung galaxy and uh, that might be a steadier connection if we need to so just let me know okay sure no, this, for for the moment it, it it's it, it all goes well i wanted i wanted to move on to uh, some other uh, news items, uh, things that, that broke, um, not not as important as Harrison Ford's ankle, but still very interesting. We've got a second director for a spin-off movie. Um, and this, to me, came as a huge surprise. We, we, we knew, of course, uh, of Gareth Edwards, uh, the director of Godzilla, who was uh, uh, hired for, for one of the spin-offs. We didn't know which one. Now there's a, a second director, Josh Trank, who made The Chronicle. He, too, has been uh you know uh hired to and and he did the he's currently producing the Fantastic 4 movie the the reboot of the Fantastic 4 movie um Riley is there anything in the in the you know what what's the opinion of the of the Star Wars fan sphere about this it's interesting i've heard is that uh, Josh Trank uh, is known for that kind of handheld camera style that found footage style of chronicle which I have not seen, but saw the trailers and looked fascinating. So I'm you know what, uh, Riley? Speaking uh, of speaking of handheld style, perhaps that might be something for your audio <laughs> as well. If you could switch to your hand, 
handset. I'll tell you, but I'll join you guys in just a minute. And we'll talk a little bit about this. Very, very good. Um, and in the meantime, Dom, you and I can talk about um, the uh, uh, the rumored topics for for these two spin-off movies. Now we, we've we've already talked about a, a possible Boba Fett movie. Now there are rumors that the other movie is going to focus on young Han Solo, um, and. This, of course, would make sense if it is true what we heard that Harrison Ford, when he signed up for Star Wars, also brokered a deal for um, new Indiana Jones movies and for potentially even more movies. So this could be one of those movies that they try to you know, connect a, a younger uh, Han Solo with a, an existing audience by putting him in the role, you know, Harrison Ford in the role of someone who looks back on his youth or something like that, uh, similar to what we saw in... Was it Indiana Jones three, where where you see younger Indiana Jones? Yes, when uh, um, oh uh, the 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 uh, Phoenix um, yeah what makes jo- the Phoenix yeah yeah passed away. Who um, Harrison Ford picked as the actor because he said this guy looks most like me when I was that age. Oh, interesting. And, and then ended up spinning off into a into a TV series, Young Indiana Jones, which would be a very interesting um, uh, path to follow if they, if they ever did this. Um, the the Han Solo has a backstory. We've we've heard hints of it in various ways. Um, there have been a couple of uh, novels and stuff like that. And and I know that the expanded universe is you know has been sort of a- abrogated in a sense. Um, but uh, the uh, this mo- the, this young Han Solo could be you know we've we've always kind of gotten a sense that Han Solo was somehow attached uh, was in the military of some sort he's Corellian whatever that means you know this 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 mystery behind how did this guy become this smuggler how did he get connected with Chewbacca you know we know a little bit that he saved Chewbacca from um from the the empire and and so there's there's been this hinting of this story and so there's a there's a there's a there's a possibility of a really great story and again I can imagine young male actors leaping at this role to be Han Solo, uh, that would, it would be an amazing, uh, amazing, uh, uh, role to kind of get into because, uh, you know, who knows what else they could, you know, whether they would make an, uh, other, uh, um, sequels to this. Mm-hmm. Riley, are uh, you- how, how's this? Am I in? This is good. It's a bit loud, but it, at least you're back. <laughs> All right. I'll be, I'll be careful. Thanks for, uh, working it out. Yeah, yeah. no, I was, I'll tell you what guys, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting move for sure. Mm-hmm. And and what do you think about a, a, a movie about a younger Han Solo? Would that fly? I mean, are, well, are people going to accept are, another actor in in that role? I, if, for me personally, uh, like I say, it'd be an interesting movie. I'm not sure we're ready for it yet. I think I really do hope the spinoff films when they and it was in a press release recently. I think most recently when they announced the um, this most recent director Josh Trank that they wanted to. I believe it. Kathleen Kennedy's quote was, "We're bringing in, excited to bring in these directors for these uh, movie spinoff movies about you know non-main characters, out, you know periphery characters." I'm, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but interesting. I think it was. It would. I, I'm not sure. I, I know a lot of the common rumors are thinking maybe it's Boba Fett and then a Han Solo movie, but I'm not so sure that'll be the case. And it'd be difficult. I think while Harrison Ford is still donning the uh, donning the vest, I, I don't think it's quite time yet to introduce a new Han Solo. Un- unless, of course, they are planning on getting rid of, of Han Solo's character. 
and and that ultimate, you know, finally Han Solo's or Harrison Ford's wish when he was filming uh, Empire Strikes Back will will become true, and they will kill him off in this movie. Ah, oh, oh, now you're, you're making too much sense. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk yeah. about something else then. Who is going to play this new Harrison Ford? According to an article uh, dated actually on uh, uh, today. Uh, and this is on a website called Entertainment Wise. There are rumors that Robert Pattinson has been linked to a young Han Solo role in the new Star Wars. Let me uh, read the article here. First, it was rumored to be taking on the role of Indiana Jones. And now there are reports that Robert Pattinson will be playing another role made iconic by Harrison Ford, Han Solo. Whispers have begun circulating that um, his name is being thrown around in preliminary discussions about a spin-off of the character. That would be interesting. I mean, if this is preliminary discussions and they've already hired a director, you'd think that they, you know, know at least the the, the subjects for these first two spin-off spin-off movies. So this could be for later. Um and uh, a source told Hollywood Life, everyone has been talking about the possibility that, that Rob will be the new Indiana Jones, but that is not going to happen. What has been talked about is a standalone Han Solo film, younger Han Solo, before everything that happened in Star Wars. And the person who is on the high list to get the part is Robert Pattinson. I don't know this Robert Pattinson. Is he, you know, what movies did he play in? Am I supposed to know who this is? Are you familiar? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> if you're familiar with the cultural phenomenon, that oh my is gosh! Twilight, oh, it's the, the Dracula guy. It, oh, the, the it, no, it, the it, ah. Oh, gosh, so I was I was looking uh, up on IMDb and was like, oh no, my goodness, it's him. <laughs> well, he also played Cedric in Harry Potter. So I, he know, was, I know, I know. That was that before role. his fall. <laughs> now, <laughs> he he could you know he can play a Sith, but not Han Solo. Are they kidding me? Oh my gosh! Well, it could be a way. Of course, it, it, it makes sense because it would. If if the Han Solo movie is also geared geared towards a more female audience, then well, he, father, he, he might I, be the go-to person. That uh, when you hear like there are whispers of the, they're considering so and so, I sometimes I think that sometimes that's this guy's people trying to get could his be. name out yes. there. Yeah. And, some stuff behind it, so uh, I think we're I think we're still safe until the, until the <laughs> announcement. It's just like with the casting for episode seven. We heard all kinds of these big actors' names being yes. bandied about, and and to uh, all of them, none of them were attached, as far well, as we know. You know, they might have been in talks with with J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. They might have been on you know in the, the the last you know five people that were up for the role. We will only know that probably later on when we see the extras and and you know the. The, the 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 their their audition audition tapes on the on the Blu-ray, so That's we don't true. we don't know the actors don't know until the the contract is finalized. What what I was thinking is, I, I, we we read some comments from uh, people involved in 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 Disney, and these were on the record about the uh, the problem that they had that they they wanted to do a Boba Fett movie, but the problem was how to get to give him a good arc, and I was thinking you know what. What would make sense is if you would make a movie where, that features both Boba Fett, perhaps as a you know main character, and, and Han Solo. Why not? I mean, these two are connected. It could be interesting to give them some kind of a backstory. I'm not sure how how you would fit that in with the existing story. But that that instead of two movies, this would just be two roles in the same movie. Well, before Boba Fett was you know the guy in the armor, maybe you know if without the helmet. Um, Han Solo would have recognized him, and that they had a history together yeah. in the past, and maybe that's why Boba Fett took the uh, took the contract to get Han Solo. 
it's very well possible. I think there are possibilities to kind of like blend these two in, and it would solve their Boba Fett problem, uh, because basically Boba Fett, it, you know, is wearing a helmet. Um, it's it's very difficult to promote. You know, if, even if the the main actor who's going to play Boba Fett has to do the rounds of all the talk shows, nobody's going to know what he looks like. Cause, you know, <laughs> he's got the helmet, and you don't want to take the helmet off in a movie like this because it would ruin. I mean, that that's what I think their big mistake in the in the prequels was to show us young Boba Fett. You know, it's it it it. it it took away the mystery, I think, and so having another actor playing Han Solo, you know, yeah, that that would s- suddenly, I think, add a lot more weight to a spin-off movie about Boba Fett. But you know, I, this is all just you know hyper speculation, so perhaps we should not dwell on this. Let's talk about another uh, um, another um, uh, rumor that that I've heard, um, and that is that uh, John Bodega. Who, who has been in uh, Abu Dhabi. I'm actually not sure if filming has wrapped up there or whether it's still going on. Uh, oh, actually, I believe it has. I, I saw I, he's been Instagramming, and I saw a picture. He posted a picture of himself and Daisy Ridley in London. So there you go. I think they have so moved on to the Pinewood studio set. So what I've heard um, is that his storyline will be very much parallel to Luke Skywalker's storyline in A New Hope. So he would be kind of the young protagonist who, you know, gets the call to action and and uh, discovers the force. And I don't know. And and since he's always tweeting photos or Instagramming photos with uh, uh, with Daisy, and it, it seems to indicate that these two are somehow you know have have are are are, are together in their roles. Do you have any theories about that, Riley? What his role could it's be. A- it's it's hard to tell this early on, but man, you can begin to put those pieces together. I definitely think their roles are are related. And I think who was it? Oscar Isaac was one of the people in the background of that photo we talked about a few minutes ago of J.J. Mm. Abrams and Harrison Ford on the streets of London. So of course that you know got a lot of speculation of maybe Oscar Isaac is somehow related to, uh, you know, or relates to Han Solo as a character. So I mean, or perhaps it's, they it's just happen to, to have the same time off and they were just going for a stroll. It doesn't say anything. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and sometimes it might it might be just a total leap, and other times, you know, there might be some indication. So it's hard to say. I definitely between all the pictures and and Instagram. Which, by the way, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you use social media. Uh, you know, find Jay Boyega or at uh, Ridley Daisy underscore Daisy. Like those are the two usernames you want to follow because they're they're posting up a storm from the sets of Star Wars, which is it's amazing that we live in that time. And and yes, they are. They're definitely working together a lot. So I mean, I, it's hard to say anything about the plot of the film, but I bet if 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 John Boyega is playing a kind of Luke Skywalker type of role, um, and Daisy Ridley is related somehow to Leia. It would be very interesting to see that kind of generational skip. Like maybe it'd be if if John Boyega's character is not related to the Skywalkers or Solos, yet he's the you know main protagonist. That'd be a very very gutsy move because I think the easy thing to do would just oh well we're going to make the protagonists Han and Leia's kids or Luke Skywalker's kids or something like that. So it'd be interesting if like uh, say the young the young Solos or maybe even young Skywalkers are the kind of side characters and your main protagonist is a new uh totally unrelated jedi yeah or perhaps not even a jedi at all well well, for six movies it's always been about the skywalkers i mean but you know first anakin and then luke i mean that's that's who star wars has always been about so to bring in to bring in someone who wouldn't wouldn't be a a skywalker uh to be the lead 
that alone would be a, a major uh, change from the from the overall arc. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, I, I'm 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 intrigued, and I I wonder what what exactly you know how all these new actors are are, are related, and and you know who's going to be the the true lead, who's going to be the villain. Um, the the photo I'm looking at the the photo that he Instagrammed from the makeup chair. Um, and this is four mm-hmm. days ago. This must be in London. Um, I believe so. He's wearing a Captain America shirt, <laughs> but and and this is probably at the beginning of of uh, of, of makeup. Um, but it, it just judging from what I see on the table in front of him, um, he's not going to be an alien or anything. He's not, there's not going to be any. There's not going to be anything stuck to his face, as far as I can tell, because you would have a different. Uh, uh, you would be in a different situation. This is just the very simple, standard stuff. Even if you would go on television for an interview, you would see the same stuff. Whereas if you are, you know, uh, dealing with how would you call these things, like these facial extensions and masks and. Oh yeah, the prosthetics. The yeah, prosthetics. It wouldn't look like that. So I'm I'm pretty confident that he will look. The way he looks in 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 real life, so, but any anyway, that doesn't really tell us anything about the story either. I'm just curious to see that he's constantly even they're retweeting each other, uh, Daisy and John. Yeah. They're constantly retweeting each other's photos. So that that seems to indicate that these two somehow are are important together. There is this other big enigma, and that is you know. <laughs> Are we going to see another major CGI character? Is there going to be a a, a, a Jar Jar um, type of a type of uh, alien or whatever it is? I think the fact that Andy Serkis is in this in the cast makes it almost certain. Uh, but a, a CG character, I'm going to hope that it's not a Jar Jar type. No, character. no, it won't be Jar Jar. It, it, it actually, it doesn't even have to look like. Uh, a, a human figure. It could, I mean, he 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 did all the mo mocap for uh, the new uh, Planet of the Apes uh, movie, um, and I've seen the trailers, and that looks absolutely stunning. It's incredible. Yeah. There are even short YouTube promo videos where you see him acting, and then the final result, and it's just amazing how realistic this 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 technology um, can can portray basically anything. Um, using the original, you know, facial captures of of the actor, and so he he might actually play some a, a creature that is very small. I'm, I was thinking, you know, perhaps he he could do like Yoda's son or something. <laughs> Why not? Andy Circus as Mouse Droid number five. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, I, uh, we we talked about her last time as well. Uh, she was cast, uh, or at least the announcement about her being cast uh, to. Uh, uh, was on the same day that they announced uh, Lupita Nyong'o also joining the cast. Uh, Gwendolyn not only is known for her role, um, a very fierce role from what I've heard in um, uh, Games of Thrones, where she's a, a very tall, dangerous fighter. Um, I've not seen Games of Thrones, so I can't really say anything about it. But she has also been cast, which that was new to me, in the second part of Mockingjay, which is basically based on the third book of the Hunger Games series, and she is replacing another actress who um, got into a problem. I think she she, she had already filmed uh, her role for part one of Mockingjay, and then she had to bow out because of another uh, contract. And so she's replaced now 
by uh, Gwendolyn Christie playing Commander Lime. And uh, Commander Lime in, in the story, in the books, um, is supposed to be this very tall, impressive uh, uh, leader um, uh, figure um, with an unforgettable face. And, and so and, and she's British. I'm thinking she's either going to be a Sith or, um, or a military figure. Like a like a perhaps a a, a dark side Mon Mothma kind of character. Have, have you heard anything about that, Dom or Riley? Well, I've I've been seeing some uh, interesting rumors just in, in in general that the 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 lead villain, the head villain, will be uh, or that there will be a female villain that is and it's likely to, that she's going to be a Sith. That would that would kind of fit with with that. Um, that analysis, the, the, those rumors, mm-hmm. uh, that that she would, and I think she would do a, a great job of that. But how? I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking I'm I'm still uh, watching um, uh, the Clone Wars animated series on on Netflix right now, and we've seen so many of these female Sith, and isn't isn't it a bit old hat? <laughs> Well, uh, but again, the Clone Wars isn't that mainstream for for most people, so I, I don't think it would be t- um, too unusual or even a bad thing to have a female villain in in the new Star Wars. I think it'd be pretty cool. I'm not sure Gwendolyn Christie would be the one. I kind of would imagine her more of a um, like a a really impressive evil Imperial officer, like yeah, uh, from you know, commanding the remnants of the Empire. I mean, or something that would, like that. that would be so cool to have, uh, you know, like a female version of Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes, and, and, and yes. you know it would totally fit uh, Disney's approach nowadays to movies, where you always need to have strong female characters as well. And well, she definitely seems to be a tall, f- strong female character. Well, yeah, exactly. And if if you know if Melissa, Maleficent uh, came out a few weeks ago here in the United States, mm-hmm. and it's doing very well at the box office. Oh, really? Hmm. Yes. It's not doing that well over here, but uh, it's 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 only you know. It's, it's it's still in the early weeks of of this movie, but uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, ah, so many questions. You see, this is why I'm not afraid to do this show because uh, th- th- we know <laughs> so little. We, we we hear a lot about Star Wars, and yet it's nothing really important so far. Um, yeah. Are there any other things that you've? I've, 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 there was one other thing that I've I've heard about uh, Mark Hamill's. Um, uh, uh, talks in uh, during the Star Wars weekends, um, that and, and I don't know if he said this on stage or in a in a private interview or conversation with someone. He expressed his concern that he, that people might still, you know, be a bit disappointed that the, the expectations are so high that it will be impossible to meet them. Have you heard anything about that, or did he say anything about that during his talks, uh, Riley? Not not directly on stage. Although I will say this, uh, Mark, Mark. I mean, he's a classic entertainer, but he hasn't really been in the world of big film for a while. So he's. I think he's really. He's almost got this boyish excitement of, of returning to this kind of grand stage that is Star Wars. So like we, at, at Star Wars weekends, um, I got there. I had the opportunity, kind of last minute, because um, I went down the. F- second week because they do five of these weekends wow and then um and they just they're just basically consecutive events and they have different guests each weekend and uh i went down the second weekend with a bunch of friends and we all uh we all stayed had a great time and then i i have some friends who live in the area who also uh, work with uh, stuff on star wars report and kind of last minute we all a couple of us decided all right i'm gonna make the drive down from orlando 
And so I made about the six hour drive. I had uh, a uh-huh. good friend that we shared rooms with. And like I got there the mer- that morning pretty early because um, I knew they were handing out wristbands for the event later in the day. So instead of waiting in line, you would actually, the second the park opened, you would have to go back to where the premier theater where they were doing the event was. And like I, bol- I got there about 15 minutes before the park opened. And they had already opened it early. And I was like, oh, no. no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I, I bolted my way like a mad Mickey Mouse down <laughs> Disney's Hollywood Studios towards the back. And there was this huge line already queued and oh, roped off. And those golly. were the people who were already, already in line yeah. for like hours and had guaranteed. Oh, gosh. So you did not even, you weren't even sure that you were going to get in. Oh, in fact, so I got there and they had like the standby queue line, which I like to call the hope and prayer line. Yes, uh, that's where <laughs> they I was you? the first fifteen or twenty people, and I actually did get a wristband. <laughs> and but like that tells you the excitement. Oh boy! It's, uh, and yeah. and we got in and just so like it was a packed theater, just standing room only. And and Mark Hamill up on stage. There was, of course, it's all huge Star Wars fans, but it's that moment where we're realizing Luke Skywalker's here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very difficult to describe the excitement just because. It is still, and I still, until this past weekend, I really, the, the true full excitement of having new Star Wars movies hadn't really settled in. Uh, but man, seeing Mark Hamill on stage with a beard, uh, talking about going off to film the movie next week, you know, that, that, that gets you excited. Holy cow. I've, I found an, an article here uh, where um, he, he uh, with, with uh, an, it was actually an interview that he did with the Orlando Sentinel about uh, episode seven. And this is also, it was an interview that was conducted during the same weekend. And before I get to what, a few of the things that he said in that interview, it's actually quite interesting. I want to play one more sound clip from one of those appearances, one of those conversations on, on stage. And I thought this was brilliant. Um, of course, Mark Hamill hasn't been really doing big acting roles on the screen, but he's been very, very well known for his voice acting, especially in the Batman uh, uh, series. And uh, one of the questions that he's asked is, can you do a conversation between Luke Skywalker and the Joker? Could you do a short dialogue between Luke and the Joker? Where Joker... It's something that I've always had to, had trouble wrapping my r- mind around. That that you know, kind of shy farm boy, that, that guy from Tatooine, that the actor who portrayed Mar- uh, Luke Skywalker can do such outrageous voices like the like the Joker. I I I, I don't think that we'll see him overacting like that in, in these new Star Wars movies, though. So here's what he said to the Orlando Sentinel about Episode Seven. Um, so he 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 uh, first he spoke about how hard it was not to reveal spoilers about the film, especially in the internet era. 
And he says, this is a whole different world. The first one, no one cared. Uh, the second one, there was a lot of interest, but it was before the internet. I tell people that we're not trying to annoy you or tease you or play some massive game. Basically, what the goal is to keep surpri the surprises for the movie instead of spoiling them on the internet. The actor also revealed how he was preparing to take on the role of Luke Skywalker after not playing the character for decades. And he said, um, I've altered my diet. I, I've started working out, and there's that. But on the film itself, I toured the departments. I've looked at the wardrobe. I saw the creature shop. I went around and met all the cast people, saw the technicians working on some new things. That's pretty vague. <laughs> Even I could say these things. Never having That's been in London. Hamill did show some concern. Uh, the upcoming film... Uh, and, and said that he wasn't sure if it would live up to the fans' expectations. Here's what he said. I haven't seen those movies since they were in movie theaters. I don't watch them on home theater or DVD. There are people who are far more expert in it than I am, he said. They know more, way more about them than I do, and they care more. You don't have to love them, but I'm surprised sometimes about at how vehemently... Uh, they get if they're not satisfied, which is scary. I have this feeling that no matter what we do, there's going to be a faction that really is disappointed. You can't, you just can't live up to that. Any kind of reunion type endeavor, whatever it is, you can never go home again. Huh. So he has never seen these movies after they were in theaters? And he's talked about it before. It's interesting. Um, I, I can't imagine it, but that's, I mean, that's true. That's they're crazy. I've heard of famous actors who they hate seeing themselves on screen. It makes them uncomfortable, and they don't watch their own uh, work. They go, to, they go to the set. They film it. They maybe see the dailies or whatever, but they, they don't like watching themselves on screen, which, you know, I suppose, you know, acting is a, is, is a foreign country to me. So, <laughs> I, Well, I knew that from Harrison Ford, that he didn't really care about Star Wars that much, and then he had no, you know, no impetus whatsoever to, to – to re revisit that or to go to conferences or, or whatever. Um, but I always thought that that Mark Hamill was still very happy with, you know, his his uh, contribution to Star Wars. And I just assumed that he was very much in into Star Wars. <laughs> well, crazy. and that's the thing is that he's he's he loves the fans and he's been to um, not not a ton of events, but he's certainly been to his share of Star Wars events and he, he understands the fandom. But I don't think he's not necessarily, you know, he's not he's not seen the film. I imagine he might have seen it a few times, but he did talk about on stage that he hasn't seen it in years. But and I, it was interesting to hear. Well, and, and you would think that it's so vital to make sure that your character 30 years older still is able to evoke the the character that people are familiar with from these old movies so you'd think that it's almost compulsory to rewatch your performance there and see how you can translate some of that to a, an older version of the character that you're playing but perhaps that is what the director is actually for and and it's more going to be jj abrams combined with the professionalism of of these actors that will guarantee that but I'm I'm gonna, well, i think the most interesting quote to me is talking about the expectations of the film because I mean that's why so many people I, I, I'm someone who grew up with the prequels first and and so the first film I saw was the Phantom Menace. Wow, and, that um, is so hard for me to wrap my mind around and for Dom as no, well. No, it, we're, we're both old fans. 
Well, and it's funny because there's so there's a, there is a special place in my heart for seeing you know that amazing Darth Maul fight, and mm-hmm. and we haven't seen a lightsaber fight as cool as that since. So there's like there's sure. some really cool qualities of the prequel films that I like. So I'm I'm always finding myself kind of defending their 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 uh, attributes that I like, mm-hmm. even though I do understand their failures, especially as I get older. But um, that's the thing is that the expectations uh, can be crushing. It, it all depends on how you approach it. But I do think um, Hamill's right. There is going to be a faction of fans who you just can't live up to the expectations because not only do you have the huge expectations of more Star Wars films, but you have people who think, well, now they can fix Star Wars. People who didn't like the three prequels, and that so you have like the extra added weight of yeah um, to overcome what many people thought were poor films, even though I wouldn't fall into those uh, and fall into that camp. So it is. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. It's, it was something very intriguing what Carrie Fisher said about um, her uh, reprisal of the role of Princess Leia, that she wanted to fix Princess Leia and the way that she portrayed her. She, she, she I think, has watched these movies perhaps the most of, of the trio. Um, and she embraces her Star Wars, you know, uh, the, her being part of the of the Star, Star Wars legacy. And she even did all these funny, you know, online fights with uh, uh what's his name uh, uh william shatner yeah shatner and uh and, and so she wasn't very happy with the way that she portrayed uh leia in 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 episode four and and with the accent and everything so i i hope that she's not going overboard <laughs> i still want it to be very much like you know the princess well, leia that we know really only because that with that i think there's a graham norton interview um and i think is there are only a few moments in in a new hope where leia does kind of drift into the British accent, mainly mm-hmm. when she confronts Tarkin. Oh, okay. So it's just basically... Which is just a language sponge. That happens. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, if you get around Will of Tarkin, you do kind of have to embrace a little of your uh, inner British. It's like, <clears throat> I thought I could smell your foul stench when I was brought on board. <laughs> well, I think it was also the, the just the lines that were written for her that just invited that kind of uh, style, I guess. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we need to wrap things up here. But uh, Riley, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show, and uh, I, I, we, we will gladly return the favor. Um, and tell us a bit more about um, the Star Wars report. Uh, why should people listen to that if they don't listen oh, to absolutely. that already? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you uh, first, the first thing you should be listening to is the Amazing Secrets of Star Wars podcast because I really love what you guys do and really appreciate you having me on. So I, I, I kind of emailed you and I was like. Well, I saw Mark Hamill, and it's an excuse to come on and talk about it with you guys. So I appreciate you having <laughs> me on. But, uh, yeah, if you guys don't know me, um, I, do, I am uh, the executive editor and founder of StarsReport.com, which is just a ton of Star Wars uh, podcasts. we got a different shows that are all kind of topic-based. You can find it all at uh, – the best way to find out about it without giving uh, you know five minutes of links and stuff, just go to StarWarsReport.com forward slash about dash us. And that's where you'll find all of our shows, everything I do. And uh, if you enjoyed me or you like to see me live tweet Mark Hamill events and other things, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at the Riley Guy or at Star Wars Report. And then, of course, you are a, a co-host of The Secrets of the Hobbit. And if you want to uh, hear our, what is it, like two-hour review of uh, the the second um, Hobbit movie <laughs> the yes. last years, then just go to thehobbit.sqpn.com, thehobbit.sqpn.com, and, and click on the last episode there. Of course, since, you know, we're... we're 
we're still a few months away from uh, the last movie, and I, I think that movie is currently only in post-production. There's not much I know, news. When is Peter Jackson going to get back in one of the uh, behind-the-scenes? We're, waiting, we're for waiting for it. I mean, we have nothing to report, so we can't do another show. But as soon as there's some more news, and I, I, I kind of expect that after the summer hol- holiday, uh, things will start. Yeah, Comic-Con is going to be the big thing. Yeah, and then we'll we'll be back with more episodes of Secrets of the Hobbit as well. But So go check that out at thehobbit.sqpn.com. Dom, where can people people find you on the web well you can uh, find me on twitter at, at betnet b-e-t-t-n-e-t my website is betnet.com b-e-t-t-n-e-t.com and you're also on facebook and twitter we will include the links as usual in the show notes that you can find on our blog starwars.sqpn.com so it's starwars.sqpn.com thank you for subscribing to this show and telling your fellow star wars fans friends and family about this show as well uh we we've had some fun last week i posted a a, a blog post on secretstarwars.com that's also another way to get to the to the website so secretstarwars.com and i posted it on reddit and lo and behold like within a day like five thousand views of that article so i might do that again (laughs) so also follow the subreddit star wars if you want to uh, enter in a conversation with us. We'll, we'll, we'll try to be there as well. So go check it out, all that, at starwars.sqpn.com. Go to the main website of the StarQuest production network at sqpn.com for all our other shows. I'm Father Roderick, signing off for this episode of Secrets of Star Wars. See you soon, and may the Force be with you. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.